Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Welcome, everybody. I hope everyone's having a fantastic day. Um, today on Purely OCD, we're going to be talking about how to manage multiple subtypes, which um, there's, it's kind of like a trick question I put out there for everybody because a lot of people, if not everybody, deals with multiple subtypes of OCD. Uh, so as Kelly likes to say, taste the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. It's not Is Skittles. That, OCD, taste the rainbow. <laughs> I would so much prefer Skittles. Mm, me too, I think, mostly. But what are you going to do? Not much. <laughs> not much, because here you we are. You could go get some Skittles, and then you could... I'm you sorry, could, I'm going to keep could have this on track. Skittles and OCD. That would be better than no Skittles, right? Great. It's so true. <laughs> That's my therapeutic insight for today. Thank you. I, I'm just kidding. Um, so really quickly, I just wanted to make a note. Somebody said, I started watching you guys two years ago after therapy and help. I'm doing great with a bunch of exclamations. Aww. That makes my heart happy. That Wait. just made my week. That same. Uh, knowing that, that there's uh, some they sort of value and yeah. yeah, absolutely. That they got help, that they got better, obviously. And, and that maybe we could have like a very small support along that, that journey is, is very cool. So thank you for yeah. sharing about that. Yes. Um, and congratulations to you for your hard work. Yes. Yeah. Cause that's what it is. It's not Skittles. It's a lot of hard work. No, it's true. That's true. There could be Skittles on the other side of the rainbow. There's Skittles. I really do. <laughs> um, okay. So with that being said, as Kelly mentioned, most people have lots of different themes. And so, you know, managing OCD more often than not looks like managing multiple themes. So what, like, what are your thoughts maybe as a starting point to this discussion? Like if, if somebody comes to you and is like, how do I deal with multiple themes? Yeah. What do you say? Well, and it often early on when we're like building out kind of not necessarily a hierarchy, but when we're kind of trying to get everything on paper to see like, what are the compulsions that oftentimes they'll describe it as, oh, well, this thought, these convulsions around this, which is great insight that they're able to distinguish the content and subtypes if they are able to do that. 
Um, but that it's somehow treated differently, right? Like somehow this one's different, but in reality, they're all the same and we're, ex- we're accepting uncertainty. Um, that's right. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's the gist of that one. Um, or they'll be like, well, should I work on just this subtype mm-hmm. or right? Like, or do a blanket and it's like, well, And I, yeah, I, no, it's such a good point. It, it does come up often. I think people are like, how do I do treatment right? And if I don't, if I should be doing these in a specific order or separately or whatever, then I won't get better. And I think that's handling treatment and recovery a little bit too delicately with like kid gloves as though one has to do it perfectly or that there is even a perfect way to do it, which I don't think that there is, but you know, I, a lot of it's an experiment too. Well, totally. Everyone's different. Everyone is going to respond differently, but I think if we look at it as, and you, which you kind of spoke to is that if we look at it as this is uncertainty and I need to learn how to live with uncertainty, then you start to see all of these different themes pop up And you're like, oh, well, that's just another manifestation of uncertainty. That's just another thing that that is uh, sort of brought about by this underlying feeling that I'm I'm experiencing. And somebody did just say, do normal people also feel this uncertainty? Yes, I think to certain to a certain degree. Also, I don't know normal people, but oh, you mean the average person? Yeah. That's a really good point. Only because I don't like that they're calling themselves abnormal. I, and, you and, know, yes, I, I 100% okay. agree. And I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that you caught it. Semantics. But. <clears throat> no, but it's important semantics. So, uh, but yes. So seeing that the uncertainty is the element, right? That we're, we're constantly, um, just having these different iterations of uncertainty pop up and hit us in the face. And it's about navigating uncertainty, not about navigating, not knowing whether or not you're a serial killer, not, not, not knowing whether or not oh, there's so many double negatives in that sentence. I can't well, even, but I think, <clears throat> yeah, I do. So touching on this question of like the average person though, I think uncertainty is everywhere right? It is. Yeah. It's everything. It's everything. Everything is uncertain. And there are differing degrees of awareness around uncertainty, I think. And a lot of that is circumstantial. And we had this huge moment uh, as, as a human race two years ago, when this huge element of uncertainty was dropped onto all of us, which is COVID and what's going to happen and how are we going to navigate this? And am I going to be okay? Am I going to get it? Am I not going to get it? Like everyone experienced that universally. How do I get it? Who's, yeah. Yeah. Who's safe? Who's safe? Who's not safe? What, what symptoms, which is still to some degree. Will something. I have a job? Am I going to go back to an author? There's so, it hits so much context of your life or different yeah. facets. Yeah. And very important things too. Like what if my, what if my loved one dies? What if I die? Yeah. 
right? Right. A lot of uncertainty. And you saw a lot of people becoming really, really anxious. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of the time it's a matter of awareness of uncertainty rather than whether or not it's, it's present and whether or not people are bothered by it. Because I think when people are aware of it, oftentimes they will become bothered by it, but it depends to on the individual and on the content, because I can have all sorts of content, but uncertainty pop up and be like, yeah. Right. And then one thing will just. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, well, I don't mean to cut you off. No, Mm -hmm. no, no, you're not, you're not cutting me off. So I had a conversation with, I have had this conversation many times with clients, but like kind of near the end or somewhere in between, there's this epiphany moment of like, oh, and also I have general anxiety around these other facets that are unrelated to OCD. Mm-hmm. And either A, they go like, oh my gosh, I really have found that accepting uncertainty is where like I have the advantage courts compared to other people who don't live with OCD that I'm able to navigate it a little bit better, right? Like say it's yeah. like just a work issue that's OCD is not involved at all, but because they have gone through this with way more intense content, yeah. they're able to be like, oh yeah, this we have no control over. So I'm not even going to sit here and worry about it because I know where this leads, right? Right, right. So, and this is a waste of my freaking time in the interim. Right. Yeah. Silver lining. Total um, silver lining. And the other part is like when people go, oh, when they zoom out, they're like, oh, wow, I'm accepting uncertainty. I'm not accepting uncertainty in so many other areas. So when they get really fixated on like, this is my content and then their content jumps and they're like, oh my gosh, you won't believe it. It did this. And I'm like, no, it just, Mm. it didn't do anything. It just chose a different thing to say to you, but it's the exact thing is that we, the approach is still the same. Totally. We don't have the answer. Yeah. And we don't have the answer, but it's, you're absolutely right that it's, it is like, it's got that undercurrent of it's just unknown. And I remember my own therapist a long time ago saying to me, like, you know, when it starts to get, when you, when you stop answering, when you stop engaging, it starts hopping around from content area to content area. Like it's trying to get you to to respond. Tantruming. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Hey, over here, but wait, there's something right. Like, what about this? It could, it might be this that you're worried about. And it's like, or it's, did you think about this lint roller? Yeah. And that it could poke your eye out or be a sexual Oh yeah. yeah. See, I was I mean, anything like possible. a shish, shish kebab of the eyeball situation. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. You're welcome everybody. Yeah. That's we're OC yeah. therapists. So nothing is off limits. No, nothing. Um, yeah. So I, I think looking at it in that framework too, of when it starts sort of like a grab bag of, Ooh, maybe this thing that there is this sense it's, it's getting closer to, the, the form. Okay. Actually I have a good analogy. I think Do it's it. an analogy anyway, because, uh, and it's related to, to my life recently. So as some of you may not be aware, I had back surgery 
two months ago, actually. Um, and in that, I, I before I got the, the surgery, I experienced sciatica for the first time in my life. And for those of you who have had sciatica, what happens mm. is there's this nerve bundle in your back mm. and sometimes like a, a disc will punch out or, you know, herniate, what have you. And then it'll, the, the, the disc in your back will hit this nerve bundle. And all of a sudden you're experiencing pain in your calf, which is very weird <laughs> for month for like a month. I was like, why is this? And I'm like, I'm massaging it. I'm like, I can't, it's so tight. Why is my calf so tight? Well, turns out I had sciatica, but one of the interesting things that I learned in the process is that they, some of the exercises are intended to bring the pain back to sort of a local centralized area in the back. Hmm. Um, and so they'll have you, uh, and forgive me because I'm not a physical therapist or anything. So I, I hope I'm not butchering this, but the idea is that you try to floss the nerve, uh, by doing certain exercises and the, uh, again, the idea is to, to be with what's actually happening instead of having all of these sort of phantom pains throughout your leg. Right. So all of that to say, I kind of think of what we're talking about here with OCD, uh, it, is that we're, we're taking it back down to what it actually is, which is uncertainty. And it's going to have the, all of these sort of phantom experiences of, but what if I'm, you know, a bad person? What if I'm a child molester? What if I, you know, whatever. And then it's like, oh no, this is uncertainty. And this is what it's like to be a human and to not know. And here I am. And that that's what we're actually dealing with. And the more that you can come back to that, the, 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 the I mean, we're actually supporting recovery from the actual issue, which is in the back or in the uncertainty rather than the sort of phantom. And to the person whose back went out yesterday, I'm very sorry because yeah. that sucks. It does suck. Yeah. Anyway, I hope that analogy kind of makes it sense. It totally makes sense. It's like, we want to get to the the core of it, the root of it. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just trying to chop off all the hydra right. heads. Right. And then also if we're so fixated on, on like one subtype, what happens or the person becomes so fixated is like, well, this didn't bother me today because this other one happened. And we get so just tunnel visioned that we, we don't really pay attention to the bigger picture, which is like, well, we got to rehab this. This is the issue. Yeah. We're not accepting Yep, and we have totally. to do exposures, and we have to drop the compulsions. That just because it feels different, or just because, I mean, there, it's very problematic in just saying it feels different, but right. just because it seems different, yes. or that it has a different hat on, it doesn't make it different. Right, and the exposures back to the question that Kelly asked, sort of at the beginning, that people bring into our offices. Uh, is that when you start doing exposure to one thing and you learn how to tolerate uncertainty in one area, that really can translate into other areas. And mm -hmm. that's like the beauty of viewing treatment from this perspective is that it generalizes more easily. And to what you were just saying about um, recognizing it, it sort of leaping around, that that can be a, a supportive of people's awareness. Like, 
oh, it's now on this. But it was mm-hmm. just yesterday, like it was on this other thing. And now that other thing isn't bothering me at all. How interesting is that? And there's right. this beautiful insight into, totally. oh, it's not, about, it's not about that thing. Right. That's the hope anyways, that we get there. Fingers crossed. Um, should we answer some questions? Let's do it. Uh, okay. And anyone who's with us here live, uh, you can go ahead and throw questions in that little question mark section to the right of the comments box. Yes. Um, so is there any way to help? Is it not showing? Mm-mm. Oh, is there any way to help avoid one theme morphing into another? No. Mm-mm. No. So it's, it's, it's hard to say this, like try not to get too freaked out about the fact that maybe it will and, or likely it will. And to respond how you've been trained to respond, which is like this. <laughs> this is fine. Mm-hmm. This is fine with the, with the fire, right? That right. Whole right. Meme. Yes, yes, totally. Um, sorry. I'm just doing some house cleaning here. That's all good. Um, but right. Is it's likely going to jump. And when it does, you'll be ready because you've already dealt with this before. So almost to take this, take it on exposure mindset of like, I, I can't wait till it does actually, because yeah. then I can show my mind how much I can handle this feeling and these thoughts and that it doesn't matter what theme. Now, granted, we can go through course of treatment and a person graduates out and we're managed and cool moving on. And then a year later or a couple months later, they call and they're like, Hey, new content, there's this. And then there's a few booster sessions, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like we're starting from ground zero, although that can happen as well. That mm-hmm. can also happen. Anything's possible. Anything but, is possible. But I think more often than not, to your point, people get bothered, like scared by the fact that there's new content. And then they think that they're starting from ground zero. And that sort of amps up their anxiety. Um, when in reality, it's, you know, as we've been talking about, it's nothing new and, and it need not be starting from scratch. Right. And there's even people, well, this is really common in OCD groups of like, I don't want to join a group because I don't want to catch somebody else's intrusive thoughts. Yep. Okay. But that behavior and that thought in general, like you buying into that idea is actually what's going to make that thing happen. (laughs) Right. And it's, like, it's a do the group. Right. It's like, do the group and then let's figure it out. Right. So yep. not doing it, you're actually fueling that and you're more likely to, because your brain's like, we can't have other, mm-mm, we can't right. have other content. Right. So as soon as, as other content pops in, it's like you immediately oh. are resistant toward it and trying to fix it, which is going to uh, make it more prevalent and also just taking up more of your brain space because you're not allowing it to be there. Instead of saying, okay, I'm going into my group. Oh, look, I got triggered here. I'm getting triggered. Yeah. What do we do with triggers? Okay. Shoulders back, deep breath, Mm -hmm. ground Mm -hmm. into the feeling. Right. So that is such a different experience than that, that really strong resistance. 
Um, totally. Yes. And, and I think that the, the idea that going into the group is a trigger, it's like the whole world is a trigger. So if, mm-hmm. if that's your mindset is I don't want to be triggered or have a new theme pop up, then your life is going to be very limited, which is the whole thing that we're trying to, to support you and not having happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So we have another question. Cool. This person asked, uh, how can I handle multiple themes a day? How can I do ERP in this case? Because I don't have a therapist. Mm. So um, just a side note or disclaimer, this is not therapy, nor is it a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. Yep. Um, so we can't speak directly to this. Um, but Lauren, do you have ideas in general over, you know, like something out of a self-help book, what will you read? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, the idea of, of it just going through, like how do we deal with multiple themes in a day, maybe as the starting point. Yeah. Um, that, I, you know, I, I think that we've kind of already addressed that to some degree. Um, don't you think? Yeah. 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 I think just saying, I mean, if there's no support around it, um, like there's no like, uh, concrete hierarchy or a list of compulsions that are going on. Um, it can be overwhelming for sure. That is absolutely true. And I think that this is where reading self-help books can be really great. Actually, uh, John Hirschfield and Tom Corboy wrote one called the mindfulness workbook for OCD that, I regularly refer people to, cause I think it's a nice comprehensive view into how you can support yourself. Yes. It's um, a great one. But I mean, I, I, and I also think just mindfulness, right. And we've been, we've been alluding to it throughout the, the, the show today is when it pops up, it's like, Oh, look, it's that. <laughs> right. And you might even, and not you as in like, I, we obviously, as Kelly said, we can't give direct advice, but oftentimes people benefit generally from doing OCD bingo. And I think that oftentimes that'll be sort of making a list of different triggers that are pertaining to one theme and putting them on a card so that every time you, you experience one, it's like, Oh, yep. Check. Got that one. Well done next. Right. Which it is, it's a mindfulness exercise. You're just sort of objectively observing, non-judgmentally observing these experiences, but you could certainly do that with all the different themes. It's like, Ooh, have I had my existential dose today? There it is. Got it. Here it is. OCD whack-a-mole. That's right. Yes, that's for sure. But if you don't, if we take that metaphor, which I love, if you don't hit the moles, you're not going to like waste (laughs) all of your life trying Thank to get you. the moles to go underground, right? So we're just watching them pop up and going like, oh, there's Joe. Good old Joe. Joe Billy. the mole. Billy. Billy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he likes to pop up more than the rest, I've noticed. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's Samantha. Hello, Samantha. Right. Like There's Sarah. Jimmy. Sarah. So, uh, Jimmy again. Oh, mm-hmm. wait. No, Joe. No, whatever. Bi- Billy and Jimmy. Billy and Jimmy. There's so many moles yeah. and, and so many different OCD themes. But if there's a little bit of awareness that's non-judgmental when it comes up and there's playfulness to it too. Right. 
that lightens the whole thing up. Absolutely. We cannot, that's the main takeaway. We can't take these thoughts so seriously. Yeah. Uh, It takes a long time for people to kind of take a step back and, and like unstick themselves from the content and go, Oh wow, this really is all about the same stuff is that I'm scared about all of this and that I have no certainty around any of it. Yeah. And what it's going to take is being really present with these feelings and thoughts. Yeah. Yep. Allowing them to be here. All of them, all, all of the moles, they all, they all get to hang out or you're stuck trying to hit them. It's kind of a a miserable existence. If you ask me. Right. Because if we're only, um, tracking at a time, like, oh, we're just working on your harm OCD, but we're not working on your contamination this week. You, you're going to find yourself in a whack-a-mole situation. For sure. for sure. For sure. Not the mindful one. No. But, but I guess the caveat is every, everyone's different though. Cause there's cases, everything we say on here, just so we know. Um, I think a lot of people on social media will go, Oh, so-and-so said to do this. And then they come into session and they're like, but we're not doing that. And I'm like, yeah, because not everybody's treatment is exactly the same. So whatever we're saying, like, please take this lightly is we're just generally, we're speaking in generalities. That's it. Totally. And, and hopefully you do have support. Please run this by your, right? Like if you're going to use anything, talk to your therapist, see, you know, like they're, Yes. I, we don't want to speak in conflict and, and everybody's case is so individual. Totally. Yes. So true. Yeah. So I don't know if we have any more time. Um, yeah. We're, we're pretty much down to the wire gang. So uh, thanks for joining today and for uh, chatting with us about, about what it's like to live with all these triggers, all of them. <laughs> Bring it on, man. But next week is OCD Awareness Week, I think. So. Right. I I just remember I was reminded of this. And you guys are awesome. We're so lucky and grateful to have all of you here so that we can spread the word to other people who need it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And how cool that you guys all show up for each other every once in a while. It's so hard when people are talking to monitor all of the the chatter. But. And so like every once in a while, we'll see people say nice things to one another. This is such a a challenging road sometimes Mm -hmm. and a lonely road. So um, yeah, it's way cool to see all of you here and all of you supporting one another. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Until next week. Until OCD Awareness Week. Yeah. Let the marathon begin. Oh boy. Yes. Let it, let it begin. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye everyone. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. 
We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD. Thank you.